1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by E.P. Wealth.
2: Yesterday was no fun on Wall Street as Capitol Hell took center stage. where We had Jerome Powell talking about, well, I guess he's not technically Capitol Hell. But he's Washington and he was talking about interest rates. That was the big story of the day yesterday. Today, one of the bigger stories is TikTok CEOs testifying on Capitol Hill every day. The Wall Street has to go through some sort of mountain or wall of worry, if you will. You can break those daily themes into quarterly into annual. I would say 2022 is the year of inflation. Or 2021 was the year of the start of rampant inflation. And 2022 is the year where we start talking higher interest rates. In 2023, we're talking, will it be a recession and will it not be a recession? When will interest rates stop rising and start falling? Every year, it's very dramatic is what I'm getting at. NASDAQ was down 1.6%. Yesterday, the S&P 500 down one6 The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 1.6%. One stock that I own, NVIDIA, and I told you why I bought it. Um, I had wanted it, and then it went down 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%, 60%. And to me, it's a great company where the price got ahead of itself, the momentum cracked, and I still think they have nice growth ahead. What they're doing with AI really wasn't the story of why the stock was moving with uh, in the last five years, on you know bigger server news, virtualization, uh, metaverse, metaverse news, um, hardware sides to the metaverse, self-driving cars, crypto mining. Nvidia was a sexy stock for all those reasons. Now they gave a presentation this week where they showed off how they're going to be able to dominate AI. And it's pretty scary. Like, I'm happy I own, I hold a position. But that one feels maybe I should take a little off after a double. And I bought it in a down market. I love down markets for my 401k and for my stock picks. For buying assets that are no longer at 52 week highs. They may be down 10% from their 52 week high or 20%. Depending on the quality of the name, I I, I like buying on sale somewhere between ten, 10 and thirty percent off. So the NASDAQ was down yesterday, the SP five hundred, the Dow. Um, on the Fed keeps hiking, but the summit seems pretty close. Federal Reserve's interest rate hikes have apparently entered their final season, similar to Ted Lasso and succession. The Fed increased interest rates by another twenty-five basis points yesterday. It's ninth straight increase. Nine, 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 nine. The statement was important. The Fed said it expected to enact ongoing increases in rates to combat inflation. Boo! But it swapped that language out for additional policy firming may be appropriate. So instead of saying it expects to enact ongoing increases, it's now they're now saying as a group we uh, uh, see some additional policy firming may be appropriate. That's all fine print, but that's how Wall Street kinda of works. It's funny because we used to watch um Alan Greenspan and you know, would he show up with a briefcase or not on Fed decision day? And if he did, that means interest rates. Oh, the Fed used to be a lot more secretive. Now they're kind of telling us what they're gonna do um sometimes months in advance and sometimes, you know, weeks before. So the banking chaos is the big reason why the Federal Reserve is closer to the summit. They see, quote, serious difficulties that a small number of banks have emerged. Well, it sounds bizarre. The banking turmoil seems to have done some of the Fed's work for it. Again, the Fed can lower interest rates. Yes, I can cut demand for mortgages and it can cut demand for credit cards and use of credit cards because you have to pay higher interest. But I don't think a lot of people when they're using their credit cards go, gee, my rate's 19%. I, I probably shouldn't do this. It's at the end of the month, and the end of the quarter, where you're like, wow, my money's not going as far as it used to. So it takes a little bit of time to bleed into the system for the bills to start to pile up on you, for you to fall one month behind, two months behind, three months behind. So the Fed can raise interest rates, and that that's not going to deter a lot of spending. It's You're pushing on a string there, Mr. Federal Reserve. But when you see Silicon Valley Bank implode, well, there's going to be no loans coming out of Silicon Valley Bank anytime soon. And everyone else in the banking industry goes, well, if they could have a run on money, maybe we can have a run on money. So we better look at what we have and be a little bit more cautious about what we lend out. So the implosion in the banks is helping the Federal Reserve do their job. I've said it before. Um, we don't beat inflation by h- higher interest rates. You beat inflation by losing jobs. Now, you cut profit margins out of a corporation with higher interest rates and you cut profit margins out, then you're going to reduce earnings. You reduce earnings, they're probably going to reduce headcount. You reduce headcount and suddenly people don't have jobs, they're not spending. The ultimate in control your spending, no cash in your bank account. And this sounds where I'm just sounding like a mean jerk. TikTok CEO told, is going to tell Congress today that the app's no agent of China. So... I don't know. Do we believe them? Google got kicked out of China. Companies like Microsoft refused to work inside of China uh, because of demands on sharing of information. When Yahoo was a thing in America, Yahoo was a thing in China and China said, "Nope, you're going to create a company called Yahoo China and it's going to be All the data is going to be maintained in China. So we already have a precedent for doing that to them or that. But again, doesn't that feel a little petty? But maybe it should. We're talking national security issues. Yesterday, the SEC warned Coinbase its plans to sue. Uh, that can't be a good day. Coinbase's CEO has been on an outspoken critic of the agency's positions on crypto. And when you get a knock on the door that says, um, be be prepared to face us in court. Now, I don't want that, that civil war. But the CEO of Coinbase says, we are right on the law, confident in the facts, and welcome the opportunity for Coinbase to get before court. You never want to go to court. You never want to go to court. I've got brothers in the legal profession, one a judge, one an attorney. And uh, judges don't like that. You never want to go to court. I know you're saying, I do. I I don't think you do. Uh, What else is there out there as far as big stories to talk about today? Taylor Swift may see herself as on the bleachers type, but woman's got endurance uh, her show in the Eras tour three and a half hours with barely a break so throwing that down there for you 44 song set list clocking in at three hours plus many fans are opting for sneakers and and no you know trying to dress for a long <laughs> event which is kind of funny to talk about She's going to be a billionaire by the end of this year, and one of the things I did earlier this week was I talked about how she's got like nine sources of income. Some are more important than others. Uh, touring's obviously big. Ticket sales, um, sales on Spotify or record playback catalog, nice for sure. She doesn't do a lot of TV and movies, but she was the one of the cats in uh, one of the worst films of all time, Cats. She made three million for that. So think about yourself as having more income streams and think about upping your earning potential. Earn more allows you to save more, allows you to invest more. So concentrating on your earnings is kind of important. Don't just go through and never move up the ladder. I know that's coaching advice. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black.
1: Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth.
2: I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. We This is a, a podcast, broadcast show dedicated to getting you to retirement. Um, I'm not trying to be right. If you want to go off and do your own thing, that's fine. I'm, it's, I'm showing you my experiences in life that created wealth. I work with a company that manages wealth. Um, there are two very different beasts um, creating wealth. I think you should look at when you turn 18 that you're going to work for the next 40 years till you're 60. I know you're saying your math not so good, Rob. I know. I know it's 42 years. You don't have to correct me. But I like working in big, chunky block numbers so that we could kind of digest stuff together. I've been working since, geez, my early teenage years. And um, it used to show up on my Social Security report. Now they just block like five years from that period of time, like 1986 to 1991. This is how much money you made. I'm like, that's cute. But yeah, I do look at my Social Security statement. Even though I'm going to have enough income in retirement that I'm not going to get much of Social Security. I'm going to lose 85% of my Social Security benefit because I'm going to pay myself from my my investments. I'm a good guy, right? Paying into social security without the, the plan of using it. Uh, so for me, do I take it early or do I take it late? Of course I would take it late in case I use up all my assets and I do need that income. I don't expect to use up all my assets. My goal has always been to set up a fund, a nest egg that has enough assets in it that I can live off the dividends without selling the, the stocks. Um, and I have more of my retirement nest egg in regular accounts than I do in 401k accounts. So I'm not going to have to distribute quite as painfully as others, but we're all different, right? This is one of those days where I'm looking at all my personal stock holdings and I'm in the green, every single one of them. I'm like, that's a good day creating wealth, but I'm not ready to retire. So I'm not all that interested. Um, the amount of money that I'm going to make this year, or you know, let's let's say in a, in a 24 month period, in the last 24 months when the market's been volatile with a lot of down weeks in succession, that's when I'm doing my best investing because I'm dollar cost averaging in lower. So, in this case, for instance, uh, my mutual funds that are in my 401k, I couldn't name them for you because I, I try. I let EP Wealth manage my wealth. And then i have a stock portfolio that's separate from them and i don't really know what they're doing in the stock portfolio Uh, i could find out but i don't want to bleed it into this show i could tell you that my results are i'm very comfortable with on paper but today's one of those days where everything's going up and it's not lost on me that tomorrow is payday and would i rather buy things that are lower or higher i'd rather buy lower So I don't get people who don't like down markets. I just don't get it. Almost 70% of U.S. workers plan to leave their jobs in 2023. Is that possible? And here I am stuck at the same job. I feel like I should, the grass must be greener. Workers are undoubtedly unsatisfied. In a LinkedIn survey, almost 70% of Generation Z and millennials stated they plan to leave their jobs in 2023 and with unemployment at a low 3.6%. There's a lot of jobs left over in the job opening labor uh, report. So not just in America, this is a worldwide thing. Microsoft reported that cover uh, did a report that covered 11 countries and said that about 76 percent of Generation Z and millennials stated they plan to run their own shop. Generation X and older cohorts are at 63 percent. So uh, baby boomers, Generation X, we, we want to move. So before you jump out and and start something on your own, just have an emergency fund, which is six months of wages that are highly liquid. Don't pull a Silicon Valley bank and say, this money that we may need in a week, we're going to plan to potentially get it back in a year. Ultimately, that's the bottom line What Silicon Valley Bank did wrong. They didn't have their cash liquid enough to cover the deposits when the depositors started to flee based on uh, something wrong in the bank. It's a little bit more complicated than I said, but that's the basic idea. So if you leave a job also, you're 60 to 70% of the people who want to leave your job in 2023. What's your health insurance going to be? It's incredibly costly. Um, so if you have a job that's covering half of your insurance or even giving you exposure to cheaper insurance, think twice before you jump. A lot of people miss that one. And even I... Um, I don't really want to work till I'm 62 for a company, but I want to work in an environment where I have healthcare coverage. Healthcare is expensive if, if it's not insurable. So ma- monetize your um, passion. You know, if, if you want to be your own boss, that's great. But demand for freelancers are on the rise in large part because companies don't pay for your healthcare. They don't pay for your social security benefits. Amid Recent mass layoffs and hiring freezes, 43% of business owners said they plan to hire freelancers during the current economic downturn, and 81% of respondents said they are already using freelancers. You need to learn what being an independent contractor looks like. Financially, it's a different paycheck, and who pays what inside that paycheck ends up being mostly on you. I'm not against being an independent contractor. In fact, I think it's a really cool thing. To, to be in a marriage where one person works for a big company, gets great benefits, and one person is an entrepreneur, gets great tax write-offs. Um, I'm not the type to move to Texas to avoid taxes. I would move to Texas to avoid my exes, but not taxes. I don't even know if that makes sense. So, it's a good day on Wall Street. It's a real good day. Everything's moving higher. So, TikTok and the young minds of America are involved in congressional testimony. The stakes are high. 150 Americans use TikTok. Just last week, a sale or ban decree was handed down by the Biden White House, which fears TikTok could be used as a secret disinformation tool. It's likely much of the focus on today's hearing will be on TikTok's China roots. And the app's data security practices, but the committee is another topic on its radar. Are kids all right? Um, Smartphones and children these days kind of are. You're like, I'm going to wait till ninth grade, and then a seventh grader gets you. Like, oh, why did that seventh grader have to get it? Because now I can't even wait till eighth grade, and it's just parents need to work together on when the kids get their phones. That's all I'm going to say. One minute. One person in front of Congress today is going to be a teenage girl who searched for sports content on TikTok when she was 12 and wound up being shown videos of excessive exercise and advice on counting calories to make your legs look skinnier. She was hospitalized with anorexia the day after her 13th birthday. She had a resting heart so slow that she was in danger. The algorithms that get you to stay longer um, are very unhealthy for us. Just throwing that down there for you. Um, Especially for teenage girls Especially for teenage girls So it's going to be a fun day on on Capitol Hill You're going to hear a lot of sound bites on tonight's nightly news You can find
1: me online at Rob Black Show Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show I'm Rob Black What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com That's robblack.com Powered by EP Wealth
2: I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I like talking investing strategies. I like talking about getting you to retirement, saving for life's big moments. I've got a son who um, needs to go to a private school due to some dyslexia issues. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't say needs to, but it's a better option for his education. Did I ever think 15 years ago, having a son that I would be paying for a private high school? I did not. Did I ever think years and years ago when I was an 18 year old boy that I'd get married? I did. Did I think I'd have a family? Yes. So when I start checking some of these boxes, I'm like, okay, life choices kind of tell you it's going to be more and more expensive. I want kids got two perfect ones. I'm thrilled. Um, but those are financial decisions. And when you're 25, 35 years old, you're living in the moment and you're in love with your partner, you're like, you're not thinking private school. So I like talking about these things honestly with you. Because money in our life is a reality. So whether you invest or not is up to you, whether you think stocks are roller coasters or not is up to you. I'm going to show you what I do and why. I'll get a little criticism along the way because I I mean, I have a very soft touch when it comes to discussing uh, wealth versus middle income versus high income versus low income. I'll say some things that are controversial. I'll say things like inflation doesn't really bother me. I notice it. But if I was the 18 year old Rob who didn't make a career. And I stayed up in my high school area or my college area and say I became a very successful and happy manager of a pizza restaurant. Inflation would be killing me, making forty five, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year. It's brutal for the average American. So we talk about these ideas and these concepts because what beats inflation? The stock market historically beats inflation. In theory, real estate is inflation. When homes go up in value, I guess you can, if you have leverage, i.e. a big mortgage, you do pretty well. Um, If you are able to manage your mortgage rate versus the inflation rate. So years when the stock market goes sideways or down or the housing market goes sideways or down, you start seeing some of these inflationary issues. And they they start hitting you, but let's talk investment strategies to focus on right now. Um, plan, don't predict. Is it's a simple one, but it, it's the the toughest thing. I have a friend who reached out after twenty five years and is like, "Hey, can you help me? I just inherited some money," and I'm like, "Sure," and I'm gonna need a little bit of time, three to five hours. So it's not gonna be this weekend. It'll probably be next weekend. So I I said, I'll get back to you within 10 days. And he started stressing that I wasn't getting back to him. I like to plan. I don't like to predict. I look at every single portfolio, every single life scenario uniquely, because I think it's infinitely complex. Forecasting contains a high degree of uncertainty. Yield curve is inverted. New housing starts have decreased significantly. Asset valuations, profit margins have declined. And there's signs that the labor market is beginning to cool. So I'm looking six to nine months down the road, and those little pieces of data that I just gave you, yield curve is inverted, new housing starts have decreased significantly, asset valuations, profit margins have declined, and the labor market is starting to cool. So I'm going to start with a case scenario of a worst-case scenario. And that's to be my norm so that I can build out something positive for you. I like to plan I like to plan big investment decisions. I like thinking of the unpredictable. Every now and when there's a horrible thing that happens in the world, a bridge collapses. I'm like, see, sometimes you can't plan for it, but you have to plan for that emergency. Mm-hmm. That day you weren't thinking a bridge was going to collapse. But if you had emergency fund, you're like, ah, I don't need to get to work for a week. I'm good. That's a bad example, but you get the idea. I like to keep speculative assets in context. Um, Bitcoin was down a stunning 65% in 2022. It may be up 60% in 2023. I don't care. I saw FTX go down 100%. Steep losses in popular technology-related stocks. Um, They serve as painful lessons of what bad can happen. And the most speculative stock that i own right now is airbnb and i'm not telling you to buy it i'm saying consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks I ever mentioned and what's speculative about airbnb to me well we all kind of known about it for 10 years and we've all kind of dabbled with it i've told you some horror stories of airbnb where my friend's family rented an airbnb and his daughter his son was on my soccer team not my soccer team, but the soccer team I was managing. And his daughter sat on a, a hot tub in the mountains. And on the edge of the hot tub was the intake valve, and it basically sucked her intestines out of her colon, her anus. Um, could you imagine being in the mountains and, like, your daughter screaming in pain, and you come out, look at the hot tub, and that's what you find? Um, Airbnb, different than Hilton. Hilton would have been sued uh, high hack, right? I'm sure there was some sort of settlement here, but we won't get into that. It's just, it's my speculative asset is what I'm getting at. And even going back to pre-pandemic, it was cute. It was nice. And then, you know, it was a play on generation, uh, the millennials and generation Z prefer it for versus hotels, getting an experience of actually staying in the heart of Boston in a townhouse or a condo is way better than staying in a hotel. I totally appreciate that. And the younger generation people under 35 want experiences, but it's my most speculative stock during the pandemic. Interest rates were zero. So mortgage rates were 3%. And people are like, how am I going to earn money? One of the beautiful ways, a lot of people came Airbnb hosts. They bought properties. Now I think there's buying good properties and there's buying bad properties. And Phoenix covers, you know, just awful to me. And you're, you're saying you're picking on Phoenix. I could also pick on Vegas. I don't like the jobs that surround Phoenix or Vegas. And that's how I choose my housing markets. And then I look at Phoenix and Phoenix and Vegas. I got they have water issues. and they have heat issues. It's hot. Um, yeah, it's nice to get there for a vacation on occasion, but it's not quite Hawaii. So I don't like the housing markets there. I like the housing markets that are close to jobs. I like housing markets that are close to colleges. I know both those cities have colleges. Don't don't knock me. But both those cities also have nothing but land. Nothing but desert surrounds them. Lots and lots of desert. So I keep my risky stocks in context. And there is some risk in Airbnb of oversupply of homes will drive down prices. Driving down prices will cut the company's revenue, which is very attractive because they don't have inventory. They don't own the buildings. They just own the relationship with you. So things can go bad with that, and it has in Airbnb, Airbnb bust. People have tried to become landlords, and suddenly they find that there's an oversupply supply of landlords. And they don't get the returns that they think they're going to get. And when they bought the home with a low interest rate, they're fine. But if they use a five-year arm and they're seeing their interest rates march higher, they're panicked. Okay. Another thing on investing, as far as the strategy goes, I'm talking about you want to plan. You want to keep speculative assets in context. You want to be aware of sales pitches for bear markets. I work in a radio station TV, and it's not lost on me that when the markets are down, you see more gold commercials you see more buy your own commodities commercials. You see hear more Bitcoin commercials. Uh, get out of the market before it goes to zero. You too can own, you know, X, Y, Z. Uh, when there's fear, there's market. There's there's product that's marketed towards you, especially things like annuities, which are high fees, high commissions. Gold is high fees. When you buy gold, it's a thirty percent markup how are you gonna make money on a 30% markup on something that doesn't have a job and doesn't earn money? Be very cautious on things that you appeal to when the markets are down. I super enjoy um, talking tech, but it's not the end all be all of my portfolio. So who doesn't like talking Facebook and Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google? They're darling technology stocks in the past decade. The five of them as a group declined a staggering 46% last year compared to 18.6% for the S&P 500. Now, I love the stocks. that They tell good stories. They've made me a large amount of wealth. I've never owned Netflix for the record, but I have owned uh, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, and Google. Um, and then there's something, you know, like dividend stocks that are the, not opposite of Facebook, Amazon, Apple, and Google, but they pay you dividends and Apple does too. Um, Apple and Microsoft paid okay dividends, teeny tiny, teeny tiny little dividends. Uh, but it feels good when you get that cash. I've got a large position in Apple, so I'm getting, you know, 85, $90,000 a year in income just for holding the stock. They're sharing the profits with me and that feels pretty good. Um, so, I like income stocks, not as much as I like growth tech stocks, but I own income stocks, whether it be Target or Caterpillar, whether it be Visa, it could be McDonald's. Uh, they're not classic income stocks, they're more growth and income stocks or value stocks with high over overvalu- valuations. And also, the final thing on planning is you got to devote time to it. Yeah. It's not a buy and, and walk away. It's You have to manage your portfolio at least an hour, two hours, three hours a week. You have to look at stuff. Find me online at robblackshow.com.
1: For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com.